Let's get down to business. Welcome to Profits and Purpose, a Colorado Business Roundtable production that unapologetically tells the stories of businesses good through conversations with Colorado's business leaders. Please welcome your host, the president of the Colorado Business Roundtable, Debbie Brown. Hi, everyone. Thanks so much for joining us today on Colorado Business Roundtable's Profits and Purpose podcast. And we've got a really interesting podcast for you today. One, because we have so many people on, but it's also really exciting to talk about workforce. Uh, It comes as no surprise that workforce is an incredibly big issue for the members of Colorado Business Roundtable. And if you're anywhere near the business sector in Colorado, workforce, of course, is a big issue for you. So let's just jump right in. Uh, I'm going to kick it off with introducing you to Lee Wheeler Berliner, who is the Managing Director of the Colorado Workforce Development Council. And Cobert partners quite a bit with Lee and his team to not only share with our partners what's going on in terms of workforce, uh, pipeline, talent acquisition, and really finding a strategic partnership and how the business community can lean into those issues at the state, but it's been a really wonderful partnership on how we can bring a private sector voice to what Lee does and his team does every day in really understanding the workforce needs that we have in Colorado. So especially with COVID-19 and what's happening in terms of economic recovery for our state, there's really no better time to talk about workforce. So that being said, I want to welcome Lee to the call. Thanks for joining us, Lee. Thank you so much, Debbie. It is a pleasure to be with you today. And do you want to go ahead and introduce your team of folks that are going to be part of the conversation? Absolutely. I'm pleased to have three guests with us today. We have two local area workforce directors and then a critical member of the CWDC staff. And I'll let them say hello um, and their name and roles and organizations. And Erin, I'll start with you. Hi, I'm Erin Jones, and I'm with Workforce Boulder County. Thank you for joining, Erin. And Curtis. Thanks, Lee. Uh, Curtis Engelhart, and I'm the director of the Mesa County Workforce Center. Fantastic. Thank you for joining us from the Western Slope today. And Kelly from the CWDC team. Thanks, Lee. My name is Kelly Mitchell. I'm the education consultant between the Colorado Workforce Development Council and the Department of Education. So we're excited to dig into a conversation today. We're going to start with discussions with Aaron and Curtis about Workforce Development Month. September this year is actually the 17th Workforce Development Month, and it is an annual showcase of the statewide resources that are available to both employers and job seekers. One of the reasons why we so value the partnership with the Colorado Business Roundtable is because we firmly believe that for talent development to work in the state of Colorado, it has to be a demand-driven system. We need to understand the needs, the dynamics of industry and private businesses in order to best support job seekers as they are making life plans, as they are transitioning from one job to the next, and as they are understanding where their best opportunity is for sustaining employment and contributions to our overall economy. In September, it gives us a chance to celebrate the work that is done by local workforce professionals and the entire workforce ecosystem overall. Many people are not aware of the impacts of what our public workforce system does. And so it's a chance to share a lot of those details during the month of September. To give you some of that insight, as we think about the last fiscal year for the state, there were more than 300,000 job seekers that utilized the public workforce system more than 440,000 jobs that were posted through our resources and through our platforms during that same time frame, and more than 9,000 businesses who were served and supported by the public workforces. One of the things that we're able to do with the data that is maintained is to calculate the economic impact 
that the public workforce system has on the state of Colorado. And when we look at the 12 month year that was in 2018 and 2019, we know that more than $450 million in wages were returned to the economy. And these are wages that individuals earned after contact with the workforce system and looking at what they earned prior to contact and support from the public workforce system and what they earned after that, more than $450 million in wages returned. So it's exciting to be able to talk about that. Every year the governor does a proclamation. This year has been the same. Um, governor Polis has signed a proclamation declaring September as Workforce Development Month that we're excited to talk about. And one of the directions that we're going is that each week there's a different theme and a different focus. And so obviously there are big impacts from COVID-19 in our economy this year and in every community throughout the state. One of those impacts is the shift to remote working and the differences in services that are provided when you're on the computer rather than in person. And so the first week of the month is looking at working in a virtual world. The second week really digs into workforce services. The third week is a big focus on apprenticeship, which are a great tool for workforce development. And then the fourth is about truly impacted industries and how we can move forward. So with that overview of what we're talking about today, I'd love to go to Aaron and Curtis first and have them each share, starting with you, Aaron, what are the key services that are provided by the workforce system to both businesses and to job seekers? Okay. Um, so I'll focus on uh, the business services that we provide to um, all businesses throughout Colorado. So there's a team on each in each workforce center that is focused primarily as business as their customer. And the services they primarily focus on are connecting businesses to the talent in their local communities. And um, ways in which they do that, there's hiring events, job fairs, we can post jobs um, through our system. We can help with candidate screening. We can also provide data and labor market information to businesses to, so as to guide them through the process of what's happening uh, in their local community and surrounding regional communities. We have recruitment services, as I said, and one of the things that we're, we are focused on now, especially during the times of COVID, is to assist with training and retraining so that uh, businesses can reconnect with the workforce that has been laid off due to uh, the pandemic. So in part, uh, we work with our community college systems and other training providers across the state to develop training programs that um, are focused on what businesses need now and in the future. And then we invest our um, workforce resources to support people to be trained in those uh, particular industry um, sectors and uh, with those credentials that will get them re-employed as quickly as possible. One thing I wanted to focus on too is that we provide work-based learning opportunities to individuals. And this could be registered apprenticeships, on-the-job training programs, internships, and these work-based learning opportunities really offset some of the costs of hiring new employees for businesses. So an intern can be screened and uh, a business can screen the intern during their process of learning and see whether or not they're a fit for their organization and also provide on-the-job training for interns to uh, fit them into some hard-to-fill positions even. Uh, we also do rapid response. So if there's an employer that's having a layoff, our teams across the state can come out to that employer and help assist them with uh, working with the employees that they are laying off to provide information on workforce center services so that they can be connected to employment in other locations and other industries. So uh, that's a little bit of uh, what we provide businesses. I'll, I'll leave it to Curtis to talk a little bit more about the job seeker services. 
Thanks so much, Aaron. Yes, thank you. Um, so there is, there's so many services that we offer. It, it can be really overwhelming at times just because um, we are trying to, to meet the job seeker really where they're at and not just get them a job, but get them into a career into meaningful employment um, to where they're, they're going to be able to thrive in that. And so um, a lot of services on the job seekers side, one would be job coaching. So that is, we, we have a team of employment specialists across the state who will work with you one-on-one um, with anything uh, job related. So we can help with your job searching. We can, we can set you up with a, an account in our statewide job search database, which is connectingcolorado.com um, and help you through that job search process. And the great thing about our employment specialists across the state is they're they're working both with the job seeker and then at times with the with the business as well. So they're making those relationships on the business side and they're really able to match that local talent to local employment when that job seeker comes through the door and and they have the skills um, that 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 business is looking for. So there's some great opportunities there. We also offer a variety of workshops, anything from resume prep to job search techniques to Uh, mock interviews, LinkedIn workshops, especially right now during COVID, we're seeing a a lot of individuals who are having to find a different career or it's been a a really long time since they've they've had to look for work. So we've been helping a lot as of late with with just some resume prep and and different ways to job search and, and really market yourself. So those have been very effective. We offer a wide variety of assessments. So if you're looking to um, uh, into a new career, but you're not quite sure where to go, we can run you through some different assessments that are going to show where your strength, strengths are, where your weaknesses are, where you could thrive at in an occupation. And then as Aaron mentioned, we also do um, work-based learning. So that benefits both the employer and the job seeker. On the job seeker side, it allows them to get their foot in the door with an employer that maybe they wouldn't be able to if we weren't able to get in and and get involved because we're able to offset those wages for the employer while they train them. And then lastly, we pay for um, a lot of uh, on-the-job occupational skills trainings for in-demand jobs. So that could be a certified nursing assistant. That could be a commercial driver's license. We recently just paid for Ask somebody to get their personal training certificate because we're able to see their portfolio and the amount of clients that they were going to be have have with a, a certification. So really the sky's the limit on the job seeker side. And I think it's really important to note that all the services we offer to our job seekers are complimentary. Thanks so much, Curtis. And obviously the impacts of COVID have not skipped over our local workforce centers. Every local workforce center in the state has adapted and created virtual opportunities to connect with businesses and job seekers, whether that's virtual job fairs, one-on-one supports, mentoring and development, online workshops that job seekers can take advantage of, and regular communication with businesses as well. So it's very much open for business right now to support businesses, to support individuals, and keep our economy rolling. Curtis, I want to stick with you for a moment. Can you share what, what are some of the impacts that workforce centers have on their communities? Absolutely. So COVID has, has really made us, forced us to adapt to a, a virtual world and really use um, some different technology tools that have been at our fingertips that we haven't necessarily had to use. So from our perspective, we actually um, closed to the public on March 18th. However, we never stopped any of our services or any of our programs. We just shifted to this virtual world and we're able to do it very effectively. Um, and we've, we implemented the different processes and procedures 
that allowed us to really serve the client in this virtual world. Um, so much so that we've adopted a lot of those as new efficiencies and new just normal uh, program procedures going forward. Uh, we've since reopened our building to the public on June 15th by appointment only. We're open Monday through Friday. However, um, what we learned through this pandemic and through um, this virtual world um, is something that, that we will continue to implement here locally and has really made us more efficient as a workforce center. Fantastic. Aaron, what are some of the differences you've implemented uh, briefly for the Boulder County area? And what are some of the impacts that Workforce Boulder County has on the surrounding community? Sure. Um, we uh, created a virtual call center. Actually, 98% of our services went virtual. So all of our workshops are now done virtually. All of our career development workshops, we're doing virtual job fairs. And um, what's great is that our workshops, now we can accommodate more people through the virtual uh, platform. Instead of trying to fit people in a room, now we're, we can see anywhere from 50 people in a virtual career workshop. So there are some benefits that we're learning as we as we move through this uh, virtual system. We take about 650 calls a week from customers across Boulder County and, and other counties. We also have provided more of our services for monolingual Spanish speakers. So that's available through our call system as well. And we're doing some um, videos to um, in, in Spanish language for our customers as well. I think what we're seeing in Boulder County that I think is really important is that our partnerships have come closer together. We've developed a Boulder County economic vitality team that's made up of uh, our economic development partners, our municipalities, Boulder County, Workforce Boulder County, and we've divided into groups, one on data, one on employment and training, and one to support small businesses in our local community. And those work groups are developing a regional strategic plan to make sure that we are addressing all of the components so that our community can recover from this crisis, both this public health crisis and economic crisis. Um, and so we're, we're well partnered with public health as well so that we're keeping businesses informed of uh, some of the best practices so that they can stay open to the best of their ability and also stay safe. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Curtis, what are a couple of the events that are taking place in your area during Workforce Development Month? Yeah, so we have uh, over 22 uh, events happening here uh, through the month of September for Workforce Development Month. We actually kicked it off on September 2nd with a job fair, um, and it was actually in person, which was good to get back to. So we collaborated with uh, Colorado Mesa University, and we hosted it at their uh, rugby field. So it was actually on the rugby field. Um, had a really great turnout, both with the employers and on the job seeker side. Um, and it was really great just to, to be able to get that face-to-face -face contact. Um, our Board of Ca County Commissioners will also be doing a proclamation on September 14th, declaring uh, September Workforce Development Month for Mesa County. Um, and then we're also hosting a series of webinars um, that are designed to showcase your talent on a job seeker uh, perspective, as well as help you uh, land that career opportunity that, that's out there for you. Um, and we've collaborated uh, with uh, Mace County Libraries, with our community college, our university, our chamber of commerce, our business incubator, um, to bring a wide variety of events throughout the month. Because we know that workforce development doesn't just happen on our own. 
It happens through uh, community collaboration. And so we're definitely showcasing that through the month of September. Fantastic. Aaron, one or two highlights in Boulder County? Sure. Um, we are doing virtual job fairs um, throughout the entire month of September. And um, that's done through ConnectingColorado.com. So job seekers can actually interact with businesses live. Also, on September 30th, we're partnering with our education partners, and we are having a panel discussion uh, to highlight job seeker services, business services, as well as what our educators are doing to prepare the workforce of the future. So we have St. Rain Valley School District along with Boulder Valley School District and Front Range Community College to talk about training, retraining, and preparing our workforce for the future on September 30th. Great. Debbie? Uh, you know, I'm just struck by the conversation so far about the urgency, even though we're we're needing to do things different and your team has had to really rethink how you provide these services. It sounds like you're busier than ever trying to match make job seekers and job creators, because as we know, um, no amount of federal stimulus or Colorado stimulus substitutes somebody having a good job where they can have a really wonderful pathway to opportunity. So Thanks to all of you for what you do. If someone wanted to find a workforce center, what's what's the right website to go to on how they can connect if they're looking for a path to employment? I'd go to connectingcolorado.com. Uh, on the homepage of Connecting Colorado is a link to um, find a local workforce center, and that'll take you to a map um, of Colorado that will show you every local workforce center in the state, as well as give you uh, contact information um, on how to get get a hold of them as well as uh, addresses. Great. And we'll be sure to have all that information available too with this podcast and this video uh, to make sure folks know how to access those resources and also how to jump into all the events that you all are hosting in September so that people can be more involved. And Lee, I kind of want to shift gears now and talk a little bit about um, what what you call a talent equity agenda. And I know that that's an important piece of what you all are working on. And I'd love to know more about that and how the business community can be more involved as well. Thanks so much, Debbie. I appreciate it. We're excited to talk about this and have Kelly share details with everyone today. In January of 2020, the CWDC adopted a new vision and mission. And we also adopted three values. And those values are equity, agility, and integration. And the value of equity for us really speaks to the fact that the work that we do is designed to create the opportunity for every Colorado to experience economic prosperity, individual and statewide economic prosperity. And you can see data on the state of Colorado. You can look at data on the Denver metro area. And the numbers look really good over the last five years. A lot of top five rankings and some national statistics. When you dig into the data a little bit more, you can see that the story isn't always the same for every group and every segment of the population throughout the state of Colorado. And so we're excited to be releasing our talent equity agenda that is highlighting what we can do to really close the gap on disparities that we see primarily along racial lines. If you look at data from the past few talent pipeline reports, it's highlighted disparities, including a significant difference in the unemployment rates for black Coloradans versus white Coloradans. And so we're excited to be pushing this out during the month of September in Workforce Development Month, because if you look at information around the competitive advantage that diversity and equity brings to businesses and to employers, we see this as a real win-win. So we're excited to be releasing this. And Kelly Mitchell has been one of our leads internally on the development of the Perfect. So Kelly, now it's time for you to jump in. You've been uh, you know, listening to the conversation thus far, but tell us more about... Um, 
What are the key things that we're going to learn when we look at the data? Let's just let's just get kind of a baseline first before we jump into more specifics. Yeah, so Lee spoke about the unemployment rate. We definitely saw a disparity um, in the unemployment rate for our Black Coloradans and our White Coloradans. But we also look at 86% of our top jobs of Tier 1 require a post-secondary credential. But when we dive deeper into who has those post-secondary credentials, we again see that racial disparity. We also see all of that culminating into um, a net worth in 2016 that was 10 times less for um, Black Americans. So we do highlight some of those pieces of data so you can see the full story and the range of it starting even as early as third grade. And I know that you all are leaning heavily into this, and I think I would suspect every Coloradan wants the Coloradan dream to be for everyone and no one left behind in that dream. But tell us why providing this additional information matters. What are you hoping to um, achieve in terms of metrics or mission? You know, tell us more about what you're hoping to see come from the data. Absolutely. So with the talent equity agenda, we're also looking to align strategies and efforts Um, And we feel that it matters uh, for a number of reasons. The moral impact is one piece where society, our society will be truly fair and just when people of every race and ethnicity have what they need to thrive and can contribute to their highest and best potential, no matter the color of their skin or where they live. There's also an economic imperative as far as nationally disparities in educational attainment wage and employment by race and ethnicity can carry heavy costs. In 2015, the economy would have been $2.5 trillion larger if there were no racial gaps in income. And closing the educational attainment gaps between Black and Latinx children and their white counterparts would result in an estimated $2.3 trillion benefit to the U.S. economy by 2050. We also see in general that it would strengthen our collective future um, to continue this work and move the needle uh, because our future does rely on the success of all um, individuals in each individual um, versus certain groups. Well, and I would say as as horrible as COVID-19 has been for not only the health of a lot of Americans and the economic health of Americans, it's given us a real chance, I think, too, in a time of disruption to think about issues differently. And so this is probably one of those times where it's very unique in our history to think about how we want our economy to look when we come out. And it doesn't need to look the same. It can be different. Um, when you when I think about um, how you've developed the agenda, uh, I'd love to know a little bit more about the process that you that it took to develop the talent equity agenda. So we started uh, in July. So July 21st, we convened um, various partners to discuss the talent equity agenda. So we reviewed the data and then also did a bit of brainstorming um, as far as state agencies to get on the same page as where are the target areas? What should our focus areas be? And so we landed on after that meeting and um, speaking to different stakeholders, the four focus areas of unemployment, the digital divide, equitable hiring, promotion and retention, and then post-secondary credential attainment. We then took those and spoke again with our state agency stakeholders to see what was already being done, because there is work already being done around these pieces, and we wanted to make sure that we could highlight that, but then also get us all on the same page and then align metrics. It then went into a uh, public comment 
period where we convened three town halls to get public comment feedback. And now we're in the final stages of incorporating all of that feedback and looking at various resources we can also promote um, so it can be published at the end of the month. Okay, so I was just going to ask you about timeline, Kelly. End of the month is when you'll be publishing it. I'm sure that Colorado Business Roundtable will be sending out a link and some information on how we can get it to our private sector partners. And um, how will it be of use to businesses? What's your hope? Will there be action items for the business community to consider in terms of hiring and equity from the from the report? Yeah, so the report will have the different strategies that um, our state agencies are focusing on, but also those can be adapted to business. And then the metrics we are looking at to make sure that we are actually moving the needle. We'll also incorporate in incorporate a resources section that will um, provide different resources to different community partners you can reach out to, um, different ways to advance this work in your own company. Very cool. Well, Lee, you have a lot going. (laughs) Your team is so impressive, not only in the sense of urgency to connect employers to employees, but also the talent equity agenda. And you've got a lot of resources already that weren't even covered in this particular recording. So um, what else can you tell us to help us wrap up anything more about Workforce Development Month or what you want our private sector partners to know? Sure. So again, thank you for the opportunity to talk about Workforce Development Month today and our talent equity agenda. I would just begin by recognizing that this work can only succeed because of the hard work and dedication that plays out at the ground level within each local county work of our local uh, workforce areas. So Aaron and Curtis, thank you so much for joining today. And there are local workforce centers connected to every part of our state. And so getting in touch with them, finding out about the events that are happening this month during September and taking advantage is one great way to get involved and get connected and help develop resources to build your bench as we start the recovery and continue to add back jobs from the impacts of COVID-19. As we look ahead a few months to this fall, you know, also in September, it's Colorado Applies Month. And so there's a lot of resources for individuals considering enrolling in academic and training programs. And that's all available through mycoloradojourney.com. On October 27th through the 29th, we will have a virtual conference for our sector's academy. So for businesses involved in sector partnerships, it's a chance for you to dig in deeper with your public partners and with your private business partners around your strategies and priorities for those sector partnerships. And in the month of November, we'll be recognizing Apprenticeship Month and we'll have some awards. And so there's a chance to nominate companies that are doing a great job hiring apprentices, apprentices who have truly excelled and are a model for what that can look like. And then in partnership with the Colorado Business Roundtable and others, we'll be releasing the 2020 Talent Pipeline Report in December. And that will give the usual overview of supply and demand what it looks like with some special call-outs to the impacts of COVID-19 on our state and how we need to be really framing our focus moving forward to recover and get everybody back to a state of thriving. So thank you, Aaron, Curtis, and Kelly for joining today. And thank you, Debbie, for the opportunity. Yeah, thank you to all of you. And it sounds like none of you are resting, right? We're in, we're in such a tumultuous time for Colorado's economy. And uh, it's such an honor to work with the Colorado Workforce Development Council and Lee and your team on how do we help not only businesses really understand the impact that it takes to create, um, you know, to have what their role is with workforce, but also helping job seekers find their next path to opportunity. So really interesting to hear about some of your new initiatives and Colorado Workforce Development Month. And it's an honor to partner with you all. And if folks want more information, Lee, what's the general website that they need to go to again to kind of give them where they need to go from there? 
Sure. Coworkforcecouncil.org is a great place and we link to all the other information sites from Okay, great. Well, thanks again, everybody. I can't think of a more pressing topic than workforce as we're hoping to see Colorado's businesses rehire and recharge the economy. And I'm really grateful for all the work that you all do. And just want to thank everyone for joining us today on uh, our podcast with Colorado Business Roundtable. And for more programming like this, stay tuned. This has been a presentation of the Colorado Business Roundtable. Be sure to check out all of our episodes on Podcatchers Everywhere at cobrt.com. Our technical producer is John Ekstrom and Deft Communications. Thank you for listening to Profits and Purpose.